and welcome to Music Notes, the new podcast series from Derby Cathedral Music Department with me, Alexander Binns, Director of Music. During this series, I'll be talking with musicians who have a connection to Derby about their work and how they've continued to make music over the past few months of lockdown, despite all the odds. Today we welcome Alison Willis, winner of the recent Derby Cathedral and Friends of Cathedral Music Composition competition. Alison, it's great to have you with us. Lovely to meet you too. So do you want to tell us a little bit about how you became a composer? Um, I think I've always known I was going to be a composer. Um, I've, uh, there's never been anything except music. It's just always what I've done. Um, I mean, I, I remember the first piece I wrote probably was on the piano when I was about six. Wow. Um, just, yeah, probably probably not, uh, not particularly... Uh, amazing I, I enjoyed it I just I've always loved making music so it's just what I do really and you're also a musician as well in terms of you you play instruments you're a pianist and an organist and, and a singer as well did that help your early music making when you were younger definitely yeah I was very very lucky that uh, in my family we went to Mrs Parrish when we started school Mrs Parrish was my piano teacher I had a, a very solid associated board upbringing grade a year um, uh, grade five theory, none of which I understood, so I could take grade six, you know. Um, and I was just—I've always been really lucky with the people that have supported me. You know, particularly my mum and dad have always been really supportive, but just other musicians who I think really went out of their way—you know—saw I was passionate about it and really went out of their way to help me. Uh, again, particularly my organ teacher, um, a man called Michael Covage, who sadly is no longer with us but uh, would definitely have been a cathedral organist had the war not intervened and he taught me for many years uh, a fine musician yeah lots of young musicians have have their teachers um, and parents also to be to be very thankful for for, the, for their studies i know uh, i do certainly um I'm, I'm always very grateful to to the support that i received when i was younger um, and you went on to study composition um, formally as well didn't you I did, yeah. Again, I was really lucky My uh, at my secondary school. I won a carol competition uh, when I was about 11 right. uh, with Harlow Chorus. And uh, my mum was really surprised because she had no idea that I wrote music at all. And she went to the concert thinking that the piece was going to be appalling, uh, she subsequently said. And I was pleasantly surprised that it was okay. I can't remember anything about it except it was in G minor. And it started with the words, "'Twas cold one night.'" But I have to say, there is no documentary evidence, and I can't remember anything else about it. Um, but off the back of that, she sort of said, well, you know, if this is something you want to do, how can we help? And my secondary school teacher, uh, uh, again, a fine musician called Paul Burrell, um, was also a composer, and so I had lessons with him. Um, and that led on to, I, I, went, to the, I went to the Royal Northern, briefly, um, and then I actually went to Colchester Institute and studied with Alan Bullard for a number of years who again is a, uh, a fantastic individual and a really excellent composition teacher. We're going to listen to some of Alison's music now. This is her carol Gold and Spices which was recorded by the Aura Singers back in 2019 as part of their Christmas gift project. Oh, my God. 
want to tell us a little bit now about your piece of music that you've just composed for us, for, for Derby Cathedral and for the Friends of Cathedral Music. Um, so earlier this year, obviously, we had a, a competition uh, to those of uh, the listening that, that don't know. Um, and Alison was the winner of, of said competition. And we are looking forward to premiering her piece next year in 2021, slightly postponed, obviously, due to coronavirus. Do you want to talk us to, uh, through uh, what you uh, were thinking when you were composing it? Uh, perhaps some of the inspiration, um, how you how you approached it. Um, I, I really like the text of the Magnificat and uh, the the Nunc Dimittis. They, I think, they're two of the most beautiful texts in the liturgy. Um, I have a bit of an interest in female voices as well, and I think they're one of actually quite few texts that, in one way or another, actually put forward a female voice within the liturgy. Um, there, I, I find there are two ways of approaching the Magnificat. Um, I think you can either take it as a real song of joy, um, or you can take it as a real song of questioning. And actually, I've, I've written another Magnificat and Monk Dimitris as well, that are much more questioning than the, the Derby service. Um, the, the Derby service is very, it's, I, I would say it's, I hope it's kind of in the English choral tradition. It's, it's very much on the, the celebratory side of Magnificat. Um, and nice bright D major. Um, if I say so myself, I really like the organ, the organ opening. It's it's really nice to play, and it's really nice and bright and cheerful. Um, and then the Nunc Dimittis, of course, is a complete contrast and much much gentler. I th I think that's probably probably my favourite liturgical text actually. And I do I remember writing that one. Um, I occasionally put it down to the church in our village in Hampshire. Um, and uh, it's, it's got an electric organ, but actually a very good one. Um, and sitting there and writing the organ opening to that, sort of towards the end of a, a cold day with no heating. Um, and of course, the lights keep going off unless you have the key to the lights box. So <laughs> I have to say that particular, that particular piece. So I would write some some of the bars and then have to sort of go and run up run up and down the aisle to get the lights to come back on. Um, but anyway, I hope it didn't interrupt the flow of uh, the flow of music too much. No, it was great. And one of the things that we enjoyed particularly about uh, your um, your composition, your entry, um, was that actually it was within the style of, of the Anglican choral tradition. We could relate to it easily. But it also it had some um, new ideas and, 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 and things that were, were new that we we haven't come across in other settings that we, we sing here at the cathedral. Um, and so that was one of the, you know, the really um, brilliant things about your, your particular entry. We're now going to hear a small section of the Derby service, which Alison wrote, and this was the winning entry of the joint Derby Cathedral and Friends of Cathedral Music composition competition earlier this year. <laughs> Thank you. 
task of composing, I imagine, is, is quite a solitary one. Um, so how has lockdown been for you? Have you had any performances postponed? I know lots of musicians have been quite creative during the past few months. Um, I had uh, I, I was due to have a piece called uh, Salve Deus Rex Judeorum premiered on the 28th of March. Um, and of course, we went into lockdown on, I think, the 22nd or 23rd of March. So that clearly didn't happen. Um, it, I think it will be rescheduled at some point. Um, but obviously, until things are a bit clearer with choirs, uh, it's good news at the moment, obviously. But I say obviously, it depends uh, what date people are listening to this. But as I understand it, in the last couple of days, we've had confirmation that choirs may be able to resume, which is great. It's great news. Um, it is, isn't it? Um, but so I'm hoping that will be rescheduled at some point. And that's a sort of about a 20 minute uh, piece. It's, it's really, I guess it's kind of an Easter piece. It's uh, very much based on, uh, well, it's setting words from a poem by a poet called Amelia Lanya, uh, who was the first woman to publish a book of poems under her own name in this country. Um, and it's uh, a number of shorter movements that can work individually, but it tells the story really of the the, um, the Easter story from the point of view of Pilate's wife. And there is one verse that says, um, basically, it says that Pilate's wife said to Pilate, is that a good idea? Do you think you should crucify him, really? Um, obviously, it puts it slightly better than that in the Bible. And I was really... <laughs> really sort of captivated by that and then Amelia Lanya sort of spun this out into um, a whole uh, it's sometimes considered as the first sort of feminist piece of poetry published under her own name or under a female's own name um, I wouldn't say it's feminist I would just say it's a different point of view from that which we are usually um, exposed to um, so anyway that was that was due to happen on the 28th of March um, several other pieces uh, I'm, I'm delighted to say a lot of things have obviously moved online um, so, in fact, in the next week or so, uh, I've got um, the Gesualdo 6 uh, performed at Jam on the Marsh, which is a fantastic online festival. If you haven't come across it, it's all online for free. Um, wow, that's Ed Arthur very good. And the, 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 the Jam team have done just phenomenal concerts. Definitely have a look at those. And um, my piece, The Wind's Warning, is in there, performed by Gesualdo 6, who are also doing it as part of Live from London. Uh, which again is an online festival uh, curated by Voce Eight, um, and I've also got a piece uh, which has moved online, or is being done online actually, a premiere of a piece called Like the Dove, which is as part of the Charles Wood Festival uh, gala concert, and that is also next, I think next week on the, I'm going to say 28th of August, so which will also be online. So I've been quite lucky actually that, uh, yeah, musicians are so adaptable. And we can't just stop being musicians because of some global pandemic. So um, I'm very fortunate that a number of people have really gone the extra mile to make sure that music is still happening and to support performers at what is, you know, probably the worst time in history for singers, really. Yeah, it, it, people have uh, adapted very well to the situation and have learnt lots of new skills. And it is great to, to see all of the, the online performances. And it's great to see... Now, as you say, choirs coming back, uh, small numbers of singers doing things online. Uh, obviously, professional musicians have been able to record um, for a couple of weeks now and, and are able to stream those online. So it's really good to, to see some music making being done live, but being streamed online um, and under the, these um, circumstances. Um, I'm very much looking forward to getting back to singing. I sing with a choir locally as well. 
um, and the chamber choir. And I'm very, very much looking forward to getting back to singing with people. Um, I don't think you realise necessarily how important it is until someone tells you you can't. Yes, exactly. It's one of the it's one of those things that I think a lot of people have they've not known what they've had until obviously they've not had it any anymore. Um, yeah. uh, not not to say that we take it for granted, um, but it it has been a, a a real gap in our lives not being able to perform with other people um, in yeah. in the in the same room. So I know lots of musicians are looking forward to getting back. Um, what about composing? Have you been quite creative over the past couple of months? Have you you've had lots of time to sit down and work on new um, new projects or uh, has lockdown been difficult for you to to concentrate like it has for lots of other people i think there was a real kind of pressure on creative people um to be really creative because we suddenly had all this time i would i would just i mean i, I teach as well so I, I was actually working certainly for quite a lot of lockdown um and i i found it quite difficult to be creative at the start i think um, I think also there's something about having having a deadline and having a projected performance that if you don't have that and if you don't know if your piece is ever actually going to come alive, it's slightly more difficult to create something, I guess. Um, having said that, over the last uh, ooh, the last couple of months, um, I'm, I'm working on a piece uh, called The Canticle of Mary. Um, which I'm, I'm delighted to say I've been collaborating with a poet called Tony Silvestri um, who works a lot with Eric Whittaker um, and just writes the best words for choral music. His, his writing is phenomenal. Um, and uh, once I've got sort of hooked into that, um, I've, I've, I've been really enjoying writing again. Um, and that will be, it will be, it's almost, it will be, uh, it's six different medieval carols from a little known medieval text um and it kind of again it's sort of i guess it's a counterpoise to salve deus in that it's the christmas story but again very much told through mary's voice so we've sure. got these six medieval carols i do like medieval carols um and they are linked together by this poem of tony's which effectively tells the story of the christmas story but through mary's voice um which is again slightly more questioning going back to what i said about magnificat slightly more questioning than the usual perceived um, you know, the angel turns up and says, hey, you're going to have, you know, a child. And the perceived wisdom is that Mary goes, hey, that's great. And actually, I'm not sure that would be your first reaction in those circumstances. So Tony's poem, I think, very much captures this sort of questioning and uh, slightly bewildered and overcome reaction to what she's just been told. Um, and then woven in with the medieval carols. Uh, so that, that's what I'm working on at the moment. We're now going to listen to a section of the work that Alison's just been talking about. This is the movement Salve Marta Deliciae, which is from her setting of the Canticle of Mary. <laughs> Humility, beggars, sonnet, 
lined up over the next few months um any commissions and obviously as, as choirs start to go back and instrumentalists start to perform live music again is there anything uh, you're looking forward to about the the, the coming months and, and weeks ahead um oh, i mean the immediate priority is to finish the canticle of mary <laughs> that's that's ongoing um i'm also i'm just i'm in the last year of my i'm doing a phd in composition okay right um, uh at aberdeen university so um, uh, which is the logical choice when you live in Hampshire, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so I, I shall be I shall be working on that, um, and I think the Canticle of Mary will also be my final piece for my PhD. Um, other than that, um, I've got a, a couple of possible sort of slightly more sort of educational projects coming up, which I really enjoy as well. Um, you know, I am a, a teacher as well, and I really enjoy education projects where you get young people that maybe otherwise wouldn't have access to this creative process sure um to, to be able to be a part of of something um and be a part of the whole process of creating a new piece um and then performing it and i think that's hugely important especially when i, I feel that access to curriculum music is is slightly under attack in our current um current climate so i'm, I'm hoping those will come together that sounds great. Uh, uh, yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit about about that that project, that, that educational project that you're that you're that you've got coming up? I probably I probably can't at the moment because it's not definite. Ah, sure, uh, of I, course. I, I, I can say yeah. There's I mean there's a couple of others that I've done over the last couple of years in association with um, uh, music services, and things like reimagining Dickens was was great. So it yeah we we looked at Dickens characters and then turned it and turned it into sort of a a murder mystery and then creative music to go with that that was fantastic uh, and another one which was um to do with war art uh, where we I, I worked with a whole class and uh, we created four or five different pieces of music that they ultimately went and performed at compton burney uh, up in warwickshire um and I, I yeah i i really i like being able to open those doors to young people i hope in the way that i was lucky enough to have doors open to me I'm also a trustee of Martin Reed Foundation, which supports young composers. So I think that being able to kind of put something back is actually really important. That sounds very, very interesting uh, project there, particularly the, the Dickens one you were talking about. And uh, I remember when I was at secondary school, a uh, composer coming in and, and doing a workshop with us in a in a very similar fashion. And although I'm not a composer, I am have composed a small um, number of pieces. Um, I did really enjoy the the workshops at the time, and and it was part of making me the musician that uh, that I am today. Um, so Alison, it's been great to talk to you. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, we look forward to welcoming you to Derby uh, next year, and to hearing and and to learning your piece of music that you've written for us. And uh, we hope that when the time comes, that you will um, come up and, and enjoy listening to it. I look forward to it too.
Thank you to Alison Willis, composer and recent winner of the Joint Derby Cathedral and Friends of Cathedral Music Composition competition, which was held earlier this year. We're very much looking forward to welcoming Alison to Derby next year when we will premiere her setting of the Derby service. This is the last episode in this series, Music Notes, the new podcast from Derby Cathedral Music Department. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank you for tuning in and I hope you've enjoyed listening to our conversations with our guests over the past four weeks. Mm -hmm.